Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 73. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's me, your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry, and we do that by listening to the stories and taking the advice from some of the industry's most successful restaurant professionals. I have a great show for you today. It's Authority Thursday. You know what that means. We have some great authority here to tell us what it is they know about their niche. And today the niche is restaurant real estate. And my guest has some great advice for us. Uh, Before I hit play, I just want to apologize for not delivering on the three episodes a week. Um, my semester started and it, my car happened to uh, not pass inspection just before uh, the, you know the, the, the school semester started. So um, things have been crazy. I've been running around trying to find a replacement car to make it to school, uh, to make it to work. And it has absorbed most of my spare time. And I just want to apologize for falling short on my uh, commitment to you. Uh, I only have what looks like going to be, it's going to be one episode this week, but uh, don't let that be a a glimpse of the future. Uh, We have lots of great things happening. I have some incredible guests lined up for the future, so be prepared for that. And I'm headed to the Chef's Collaborative Summit in Denver, Colorado at the end of the month. Uh, And I can't wait to see who I'm going to connect with out there and to promote sustainability and help spread the awareness. So that's going to be a blast. Uh, So stay tuned for that. If you're going to be out there, connect with me. I'd love to to meet you and uh, hear what you think about the show and what suggestions you have. Please show your support by sharing this content with people you know that can benefit from it and uh, give me your five-star review on iTunes and Stitcher Radio because we all know how far that goes with spreading the word. Oh yeah, make sure you stick around to the end of the show because I have some awesome resources and tools I want to share with you, but you have to wait until the end. That's all I have for you. Sit back and enjoy today's show. Here it is. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Mark Chase. Mark, are you ready to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge on us? I'm ready to drop some bombs. All right. I cannot wait for those bombs, Mark. Let me just give a quick introduction, then I'll pass it over to you to further elaborate. Mark is the president of RestaurantRealEstateAdvisors.com. He specializes in providing site selection and real estate advice to restaurateurs. He works directly with growing brands and provides coaching, consulting, and training to first-time restaurant professionals. Mark, that's just a snapshot of what it is you do. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got into this industry? Sure. I um, started in commercial real estate uh, right out of college during a recession. I originally started in industrial brokerage and kind of worked my way through through different fields, office leasing. Um, over about a 20-year period, I started two technology companies. One is, um, was one of the first listing sites uh, for commercial real estate, similar to, to loopnet.com. Um, 
And over time, I started working in the shopping center industry as a leasing agent and uh, started working on a lot of restaurant deals, wound up uh, representing some restaurant chain tenants, and soon realized that just a lot of landlords, tenants, and uh, brokers were not familiar with uh, the complexity of restaurant deals. So about two years ago, I started Restaurant Real Estate Advisors, and I'm solely focused on restaurants. Awesome. So it sounds like you started in the broader spectrum of commercial real estate and then uh, started to niche down to focus on uh, restaurant real estate and uh, the opportunities there. Yeah, I decided to work on the you know the hardest product type and the one that takes the longest to get paid. What is uh, it about the uh, restaurant industry that appealed to you exactly? One, I like to cook and I like restaurants. Yeah. But um, I just found that I had a lot of experience with that product type. And there were a lot of people that did not have that experience, and I, I just felt there was a void that was needed, so mm-hmm. cool. I decided to focus on that niche. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear what you're going to share with us today. Uh, we're just going to scratch the surface today. We're going to talk about some of the, the common mistakes that beginning restaurateurs make. Uh, we'll cover whether it's appropriate to lease or uh, to own or to rent, You know where you want to be focusing if you're just getting started, some of the things you might have not considered. Before we do that, I like to start every interview off with a uh, success or leadership quote, maybe it's a mantra, to kind of get that motivational ball rolling. So, Mark, what do you have for us today? I have a quote from Albert Einstein. It says, try not to become a person of success, but rather try to become a person of value. Awesome. I love it. Um, I mean, sometimes people, they look at uh, just trying to get that money and always, it's always about money, but sometimes if you can provide value and you can give, um, if you have other ways to be appealing through the value you provide, you can just attract amazing people to you and you will be successful. So, uh, I really do love that quote. So let's just dive into this first question for new buyers. What are the options? You know, we have the option to own lease or rent, like which direction should we go? What factors do we need to take into consideration when making this decision? At the end of the day, it typically comes down to, to money. But you have three. You have three options. You can lease a commercial space and um, and build it out from scratch. So you're going to build your own kitchen, install a hood, grease interceptor, etc. Um, the other option is to lease a former restaurant space, and that's going to have some of the infrastructure that you need. Some of the permits will be in place for that as well. And the third option is to buy an existing restaurant and convert it to your concept. And I think you know for most first-time restaurateurs either buy an existing restaurant um, and converting it or finding a former restaurant space is the direction that most typically go. And why would you say that? What, is there, what are the benefits in doing that? Less expensive and it's quicker to get open. I mean, in, in Los Angeles, for example, if, if you want to permit a new restaurant, one, you have to find a space that has enough parking to meet code, which is difficult. A lot of, a lot of properties don't actually have enough parking for restaurant use. To get a restaurant permitted, you're easily looking at two months just between submitting your plans, getting health department approval, going back and forth with the city. Then you're going to have to install a grease interceptor. You're going to have to install a hood system, all the plumbing. So it's, you know, you're looking at typically probably a six to eight month process before you can actually open. Okay. And that's from the, t- from the, t- from the time you sign a lease. Okay. And that's with a, a pre-existing restaurant. That's actually for a raw space. For a raw space. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So if you're going to find an existing restaurant that already had the hood, Let's say they, you're going to get through it much quicker depending on what changes you make. The, the quickest route is to buy an existing restaurant. Don't change, make any changes in the kitchen for the most part, and you can be up and running uh, pretty quickly. You just have to have the health department come in and you do an inspection and, and a transfer, but it's, 
it's it's fairly painless. And yeah, just you have to be careful too when you're making if you're choosing a location that's already existing. Uh, what's your concept going to be? Because whatever concept was there before, the the tools you have in the kitchen, the equipment might not match with what you want to do. So you got to be careful that you, that you don't buy all this stuff and then end up having no use for it. If say you are opening a pizza place and you want to open a fast casual taco uh, or like burrito joint um yeah so you know what i'm saying so be careful that you don't inherit all these things that don't match what you're trying to do with your concept too right right i mean what you're really trying to buy is the infrastructure that hopefully works for you in most cases the equipment you're buying is you know worth 10 cents on the dollar if that Mm -hmm. a lot of people get focused on basing their price on the acquisition on, on the equipment and they always value the equipment at you know pennies on the dollar that's not necessarily what you're buying. What you what you're probably buying is an existing permitted restaurant. Okay. But it has to it has to function for you. So there's no point in buying a restaurant that you're going to go in there and gut the kitchen and start over. Cool. And like, what about on the topic of actually what, making decision to to lease or rent or to own? What advice do you have there? Is there a benefit of one to the other? Yeah. You know, if you have your choice and you have the finances and can actually find a property that is a good location for your restaurant concept. I would prefer to own in the long in the long run. You know, at that point, you're becoming a landlord, mm-hmm. and you can sell the restaurant a, you're to someone in the future and, and collect rent. You're collecting an asset, basically. You're, you're putting your money towards something that you can own and turn around and make a profit off of in the future. Uh, whereas, if you're releasing or, or renting, you're basically just throwing that money away and it disappears. Correct? Sure. And you're also protecting yourself against rent increases. If you have mm-hmm. a fixed mortgage for 25 years, you don't have to worry about the landlord raising your rent. Awesome. So I think we covered enough on that topic. Let's jump into the next topic, which is some of the like the common mistakes that new timers make when they're getting into the industry. Can you just like give us four examples of the most common mistakes that some of uh, you know the beginning restaurateurs make? Sure. One of them um, is having unrealistic expectations. I get phone calls from people that want my help, and they say, "Listen, I want a the A plus location." Um, in this area, but I want to pay below market rent, and I want to, you know, I want a year of free rent from the landlord. That's just not going to happen. The A plus locations, uh, there's competition. Chipotle and everybody else is competing for those sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, landlord wants a credit tenant, so somebody coming in off the street with their first restaurant is most likely not going to get that A plus location, and you're definitely not going to get it at a discount. So I think having realistic goals on what you should expect and and what the market rents are in the area, and don't expect that you're going to do much better. Cool. So what's the next most common mistake that people make on this list? Um, the next one would probably be underestimating the time involved. I think a lot of people get started and figure, you know, it's probably going to take me a couple of weeks to find a location and then a week to negotiate a lease and I'll be open in 30 days. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, in high demand areas, it can easily take you six to nine months just to find a location, negotiate a lease or, yeah. or a purchase agreement. Yeah, you make a really good point, Mark, and uh, it kind of reminds me back to what one of my first guests said, uh, Steve Filippo, who suggested when you're budgeting, whatever you think it's going to cost to get that new location started, you know, add 50% to it because uh, there's always hidden costs. And just like there's hidden costs, uh, there's always, you know, hidden things that will increase the time to get the doors open. So you always want to... Create that buffer to pr- protect yourself. I mean, it's, it's always better to open your doors early than it is to postpone and open your doors late because it just sends bad messages from the get-go. All right, so what's the third mistake? Uh, I'd say lack of preparation. I mean, people get on the Internet, start uh, calling brokers and landlords about sites that are available, and then something good will actually come up. And at that point, they need to write an offer. They need to have a business plan. 
They need to have their financials in place. You know, often you're starting a restaurant and you plan on incorporating. Um, you haven't done that yet. You don't have a bank account set up. Uh, you don't have any of your financial information. Most landlords are going to want to, even if you're a new business, they're going to want to see your, your personal tax returns for, you know, at least a year or two. They're going to want to run your credit. They want to see how much money you have in the bank. And uh, hopefully you have a business plan in place as well. Yeah, so lack of preparation. Can you give us, like, the just spit out the, the, the minimum things we need to even approach somebody when it comes to being prepared? I think having the information that you'll need on, a say, a one-page credit application uh, in advance and maybe a one-page balance sheet showing your assets and your liabilities, you know, personally, assuming that uh, you don't have an existing corporation that's been operating for a while, um, have one or two years of tax returns, if you can, available and ready, preferably scan that you can email, um, and at least a business plan, you know, with your menu, kind of your concept, and, you know, maybe your first one or two years, you know, projected sales and expenses. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right. Um, did you mention leverage? I think we had discussed that another time when we spoke. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're starting out and you're negotiating against the landlord um, or the seller, in most cases, they're going to have more leverage than you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're just getting started. Unless you have uh, huge financial backing, most likely the landlord's going to be in a better place to negotiate with you. With that being said, if you're in a, a area that's gone through a severe economic downturn and, and the landlord's desperate to get somebody in, you may, in that situation, have the leverage. I think going in knowing who has the leverage is key to successful negotiation. Okay, awesome. And uh, what advice do you have, if you can just drop a little bit of advice on us to kind of increase that leverage as a buyer or renter? What can we do for ourselves, aside from getting a lot of money? Because that's the easy way. Look credible. I mean, if you're starting your first restaurant and you have 15 years of experience working, you know, all aspects of uh, a popular restaurant, people will know, put that on your resume. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. a good a business plan that looks like you've thought things through and know what you're doing and uh you know professionally designed logo and maybe you know a good representation of what your interior is going to look like i think that all that all goes a long way to to look like you've actually thought things through and you're you know at least a uh a good risk for the landlord at that point exactly awesome great advice so all right let's move on um so we talked a little bit about you know the options. Um, one of the options is that you can rent. So when it comes to renting, how do you determine rent? You know, typically in the restaurant business, rent is going to be determined by your sales. You know, there's the kind of the rule of thumb. You want to be between six and ten percent for your rent and your and your triple net charges, which is basically your portion, property taxes, insurance, and maintenance. So your your total occupancy cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the rule of thumb. Once you get over 10%, you know, that's just eating into your profits. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of curious here. Um, so when we're putting together a business plan and we have to put together, uh, a gross sales or projected gross sales, how do you, I mean, what tools or how do you get a good co- concept of what it is you're going to be making? Uh, if you haven't even opened the doors yet, I mean, sure. I mean, the best approach is hopefully you have a competitor, mm-hmm. um, you know, for example, if I was going to open up a sandwich shop, I you know who who are my competitors? If it's a lower price sandwich, it's somebody like Subway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can study Subway sales. You can go talk to a manager at a Subway in the in the local area that you're going to 
consider opening. Yeah. Pick their brain. You know, most managers, if you go in as a customer and talk to them and just build some rapport, they'll answer questions, you know, what are your monthly sales here? They'll, they'll give you that information. Mm-hmm. The other thing, if, if you can't do that, you just sit out in front of the store and, and count customers coming in and out. You can count customers, you know, for the for the various day parts. If it's if it's lunch and dinner, sit out there a couple days a week. Um, if you have an, week. Yeah, if you have an idea of what the menu looks like, you can make a guess, an average of what people are spending per head. Um, so yeah, that's all great advice. Um, so I would like to ask you a little bit more about um, like industry innovators. So in regards of like restaurant location, what are some of the more uh, interesting things that people are doing as far as site? location um i can think of one that i know of uh this isn't breaking ground but i know a lot of restaurateurs are partnering up with convenience stores to put locations you know on the side of roads connected to convenience stores is there anything you know like that that's really breaking ground that is new and innovative that's happening right now i can't think of anything that's necessarily that innovative right now um the most innovative thing i've seen recently is a guy with a food truck that happened to have a little, um, almost like an auto bay on a property that he turned into his uh, seating area, and he was cooking the food truck and, and serving people in that area. I don't know if it was legal or not, but <laughs> but he's operating. Um, I thought it was kind of innovative. There's a lot of cool things you can do. Sometimes a lot of people, they go the traditional route, but... Uh, there's always opportunity, uh, whether it's opening a site on a college campus. Um, I know at my college, at my community college, there's a restaurant, uh, the Green Bean, who has four locations. One of their locations is right on campus, and they make a killing there. Uh, so keep an open mind as to where you could pick a good location. It doesn't have to be on the street. It could be at uh, another, at, at like an office building. I know a lot of restaurants now, they're opening up in big office complexes and they're serving lunch to people, uh, being contracted out, renting out that space and doing a great job. I have always had this really cool idea. Um, skateboarding is huge. You're seeing all these skateboarding parks going up all over the place. Open up a restaurant with a target market towards millennials, young kids, and put it next to a skateboard park. You're going to have people coming in, in all the, I mean, it's all about just being creative and looking for opportunity. If there's people and there isn't food, uh, then there's an opportunity. I mean, if you can add anything to that, if you've seen anything that has been interesting in the past. Sure. I, I think, you know, the one advantage that an independent restaurateur has is you have the ability to be opportunistic. Mm-hmm. So if you find a uh, a quality location somewhere and you see that they're missing a certain concept, you know, build the concept for that location. Yeah. Uh, you know, I recently read uh, Joe Bastianich's book, Restaurant Man. That's an awesome and, book. Yeah. And some of his, some of his most successful restaurants basically were started off as he found some quality real estate at a good deal. And, you know, they, they built out the concept based on the, the real estate they found. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that do that. And some people, you know, if you're a, a chain tenant, you, you're kind of cookie cutter and you're kind of forced to go into, you know, specific types of properties, et cetera. So I think that's where the indies have an advantage. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a great book. I read it too. Can you think of one other great takeaway um, from that book that you'd want to share with us? No, I was just going to say one of the things I thought was interesting was, um, you know, the cost of a steak in a high-end steakhouse. I never thought about, uh, you know, the trimming and the shrinkage, uh, dry aging and all that factored that into the price of the actual cost of the steak. I thought was interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a great book. I just finished it and it really kind of just puts you in. He's, you know, he tells a story, uh, not all the, the, the great things that happened, but the, 
the, all the, the funny things that happen in the restaurant and uh, the hard times and uh, he, he really he puts you in his shoes. Uh, it's a great book. And while we're on the topic of great resources, what other resources do you have for us? Uh, where can we send the people that are listening to this episode uh, to, ne- to take the next step to are there any resources that you would recommend for finding locations that are available or maybe a, a book to help you walk you through the step of making the purchase of a first location? What do you have for us? Sure. There's a lot of free information on my website. Um, I also have an ebook that you can download for free. Uh, that website address is restaurantrealestateadvisors.com. And if you want the download, just use that address forward slash open number one uh, forward slash, and I'll take you to the download page for, for that ebook. That'll give you a good overview of uh, you know, what your options are getting started. There are some references there to, to links to find properties that are available. The bigger websites out there right now, you know, for leasing space, primarily loopnet.com. You've got the business opportunity websites, biz by sell, and there's some more specialized uh, restaurant focused websites as well. Pardon the interruption, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't remind you that you can find all the resources that my guest Mark is speaking about in the show notes at www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 73. There'll be links to everything he's talking about, uh, the services, uh, biz, buy, sell, um, his website, all that good stuff, and uh you can find the book by Joe Bastianich, The Restaurant Man. Uh, it's an incredible book that is on audio. And you ha- if you haven't tried testing out audible.com, um, it's not too late. You can get your free audio book today simply by going to www.audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. And you can get your free audio book if you haven't discovered audiobooks, get on it. You're missing out. It's an incredible way to absorb information and to make yourself better and your restaurant unstoppable. Now back to the show. We're doing good on time, so I have one more question on you for you. I think you'll be able to handle it pretty easily. Um, in your ebook, you mentioned uh, you know do not trust a broker. Or, you know, what exactly do you mean by that? Coming from a broker, it's interesting to hear you say that. So why, why would you say that? Sure. And I'm not suggesting don't trust a broker. I think you have to understand the relationship with the broker. Yeah. If, if, if There's a couple points I want to make. One is if you, if, if you can afford it, and typically it doesn't cost you anything, but in, in the case that maybe you do have to commit to some sort of minimum – I work on a minimum fee basis. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that if somebody wants my help doing the, the complete site selection for them, there may be a situation where the commission does not cover what my fee would be. Um, sometimes that happens when you're buying a restaurant because the broker on the other end doesn't want to actually cooperate. So in that situation, there is a possibility there'd be a cost to you. It'd be the difference between what I can collect from the landlord or seller and what my minimum fee is. Okay. It, you know, if you want someone to do the work for you and give you the guidance, by all means, use a consultant or a broker, but just make sure that they specialize in restaurant properties. What you run into out there is you, you'll have your your residential real estate brokers, you definitely don't want to work with them. Uh, you'll have commercial brokers, maybe that specialize in office leasing. They're not the right fit either. A commercial broker that specializes in shopping centers can probably do the job for you. But um, just make sure that they understand 
the permitting process and the requirements for, for restaurant use. Yeah, it's a different beast. You really need somebody who's uh, specialized in that niche. So um, yeah. if you want the help and you have the money to pay for it, it's definitely worth the investment. And as a buyer, you, you're not paying for a broker, are you? It's the seller that pays for it. Well, typically all the commissions are paid for by the landlord or the seller, and that's where some of these problems happen. Typically, if you're you know if you're buying a business and that broker represents the seller and you're agreeing to a dual agency where they're representing both sides, it's it's the same as hiring a lawyer to to represent both sides in a lawsuit. It just okay. it doesn't work. All right. My suggestion is my suggestion is not don't work with a broker. Understand that if you're if you are dealing with the seller's broker or the landlord's broker, you need your own representation, and that doesn't mean that you need to go hire a full service broker and rely on that commission being split, you can go do all the legwork on your own. And that's what the ebook is about, trying to kind of teach you how to go find the site on your own, make a good site choice. And then when you're ready to actually do the negotiations, that's when you can bring somebody in on, you know, maybe it's an hourly basis or a fixed fee just to help you negotiate properly and watch out for your interests. Mark, I have asked you all the questions I had for you today. Uh, can you think of any questions I could have asked that would have made this interview more valuable to the listeners? Yeah, I think, um, let me see. <laughs> the one question you could have asked um, is, what is the most important advice for a first-time restaurateur? And my answer to that would, don't try to save money for good advice when you're negotiating to lease or to buy. If you're not an expert in lease negotiations or purchase agreements, that's where you want the help. Get get a qualified attorney to help you if you're actually negotiating a lease. Someone like myself will be less expensive and probably has a better understanding of the business terms mm-hmm. uh, to actually negotiate the letter of intent, which you negotiate prior to a lease agreement. I get calls all the time from people that are about to sign a lease, and all they've done is they filled out a credit application, handed it to the landlord, and the landlord said, here's a lease. I'm give you two weeks of free rent to build out your restaurant, and then you start paying rent. That's not the deal that you want to make. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, a lot of issues in a lease that can come back to haunt you down the road. And that's, um, that's where good advice up front will save you in the long run. Yeah, that really is incredible advice to um, get the advice because, you know, it, it, it is an expense, but it's one of those expenses that's totally worth it because it could save you a lot more money than the actual expense of getting a broker when you start uncovering all these hidden um, fees and expenses you would have never known about unless you got the help. So um, it might be expensive, you know, you might think it looks like it's expensive to get a broker, but the trouble you might get into not having that expert eye, especially if you're new and you're just getting started and I mean, you just don't know what's possible as far as what could happen getting into the situation, then spend the, a little extra money. Um, I mean, I, I'm not an expert. What exactly would it cost ballpark the year to pick up a broker? It, you know, it just depends on what assistant, assistance you actually need. I mean, if somebody comes to me, they've already found the location, and I can just negotiate a letter of intent fairly quickly for them, you know, we're probably talking under $1,000. Okay, and, um, and plus the advice that you're going to get from that person on other topics who just does this all the time, who's always helping people open restaurants, uh, it's, you're picking up a mentor. Um, if you don't have this person who's knowledgeable, then you could run into like tens of thousands of dollars of extra hidden costs when it comes to, you know, if you're especially if you're owning, uh, when you're starting to tear apart the floors and you're seeing all these different things that are going to come into, uh, you know, just adding expenses onto the, the you know, the, the, the project. So uh, incredible I, advice. I think I'll add one more thing. As far as lease agreements go, you know, a lot of people jump into opening a restaurant without thinking of their exit strategy. 
And often, because they don't actually read the lease agreement in detail, they'll find out down the road. Let's, For an example, you sign a five-year lease with a five-year option. There's a lot of little clauses in a lease that will void that option. So it's it's year four and a half, and you're going to sell your restaurant now, and you're selling it with a five-year option. And, and you're going to find out at some point you actually don't have an option. So what, what you have is six months left on a lease. You actually don't have a business to sell, and you're just going to sit there and pay rent for six months mm-hmm. until, until the landlord kicks you out and keeps uh, – you know, your built-in equipment that you invested in. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's also kind of like looking at a broker as an insurance, like, you know, added insurance for you to protect yourself. So, um, on that, so, let me ask you, who is one indie restaurant professional you admire and believe would make a great addition to the show? Somebody who inspires you in this industry, who would it be? Uh, I've been working recently with a gentleman named uh, Greg McNally. He's at uh, Restaurant Profit Technologies um, out in my area. And um, he actually teaches a, a class at the Culinary Institute, and he owned a small chain of uh, restaurants that he started. Very knowledgeable guy on operations. Um, I, I think he'd be a good guest. And then um, Donald Burns, who's the restaurant coach, he's in New Mexico. He, he puts out some good content, um, and I communicate with him quite a bit through Twitter. Yeah, Don has been on the show. Donald was incredible, uh, and I will definitely go after that guy you, you mentioned. What's his name? Uh, uh, Greg McNally. Greg McNally, look out, man! I'm coming after you. Uh, we're gonna get you, we're gonna get you on the show, and it's gonna be great. I can't wait. So, uh, thank you so much. You've been a great guest. Uh, let me give you one last opportunity to uh, tell the folks who are listening how they can connect with you, uh, where you're found, what services you provide, and uh, you know how they can pick you up as a broker if they uh, need some help. Sure. Um, you can reach me at Twitter at, at Restaurant Props, P-R-O-P-S, like property. Um, my website is restaurantrealestateadvisors.com, and there's uh, you know lots of free articles on there. And as, and as far as help with either site selection or just consulting, I mean, I'm available uh, hourly, fixed fee, or you know, I, I do the whole site selection uh, process for you. Yeah. So you know, and feel free to re- feel free to reach out and email me with questions. I'm I'm happy to answer any question you have at, at you know at no charge. Yeah. So, and uh, I will say, Mark has some great blog posts on his website. I was uh, tearing through it over the past couple of days. There's some great advice there. His ebook is awesome. Um, it's just it's only like 46 pages, and it kind of just paints the big picture to get you started. So if you're uh, really serious about opening your first restaurant uh, and you don't really know the all that goes into site selection. It will get you going in the right direction. It's just, it scratches the surface. It's all you need, but it, it, it paints the big picture. And from there, uh, you can start pulling back to layers, going through the blog posts. Uh, it's, a, it's a great resource, and it's free. So uh, don't be a knucklehead. Check it out. Uh, Mark, you were great. Uh, before we wrap up, is there any last thing you want to add? Uh, just thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was a great time. It was my pleasure. Everything you mentioned will make us all better, uh, more professional restaurant folks and. uh I can't wait to share it with everybody. Great. appreciate it. No problem. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Mark Chase, dude, you killed it, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, so many great pieces of advice you shared with us today. Uh, you just, you know, there's so many things you need to take into, into consideration when you're uh, looking for your, your first location. Don't rush into it. Take your time. Do the homework. Be prepared. That's what I took away from today's show. Um 
and Mark stresses, he talks about the importance of having, uh, you know, doing the preparation and having your, you know, your ducks in order uh, before you uh, just pull the trigger and start asking for money and uh, approaching banks. Make sure you have your business plan ready. And if you need help with developing a business plan, uh, I had mentioned in the beginning of the show to stick around because I wanted to share an incredible, awesome resource with you that I just started to use. I don't want to dive too deep into it today. We'll save it for another episode, but it's called liveplan.com. And it basically takes you through the entire process of creating a, a business plan, a business plan from A to Z. And if you don't have experience and you're just kind of have a big question mark lingering over your head about where to start, they will walk you through the entire process of making an incredible business plan that will make you look awesome when you approach those banks. I just started using the service. I'm learning as I go. I want to get a little more experience with it before I, uh, you know, share more information with you. Uh, the other resource I want to share with you today is 99designs. If you haven't uh, used that, uh, Mark suggests having a great uh, logo ready to look professional, to uh, have that image about yourself so you look like you're the real deal when you approach the banks. Um, and if you need help with uh, creating that design, uh, check out 99designs.com. They do all types of customized designs. Uh, you will work with an agent. They will find out exactly what it is you're looking for and uh, put something together for you. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, I've been looking for opportunities to use the service myself. haven't had the opportunity yet, but from what I understand, it's uh, one of the best resources and companies to work with when it comes to custom-made designs. As far as affordability goes and the work, uh, nothing but good reviews, so check them out to that's all i have for you today again thank you so much mark man you had some incredible advice uh, will make us all a little bit more unstoppable and uh don't forget to help me by sharing this content by giving me five star reviews on itunes and stitcher radio uh let's spread the word let's help each other out let's collaborate and uh, i'm here to serve you don't forget it put me to use tell me what you like tell me what you don't like i will do everything i can to make this the best audio resource for restaurant professionals until next time peace out